0: Welcome back to Repod, the University of Solvers' research podcast. We've been away for a few weeks, but we're back now with a series of COP26 audio recordings. Over the last two weeks, we've been following COP26 very closely, bringing staff from across the schools to talk about what's been happening. And over the next week, we're going to be dropping a few episodes of conversations with our researchers, with our industry teams to talk about what happened. So stay tuned. The first one's with Mike Brown, who is the Strategic Partnerships Director at the university and has been working very hard to bring our COP26 program together. Enjoy. Good morning, Marta. Good to see you.
1: Hello. Yeah, good to see you too, Andy.
0: Well, it's the first morning of our live sessions on YouTube at the University of Salford around COP26. And it feels like it's a it's been a long time coming, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we've been talking about this forever. So it's very exciting that it's here, both the lives and COP, of course. <laughs>
0: And I'm really excited because it's it's been such a catalyst for collaboration across universities in the United Kingdom and I think everyone's really excited not just for the fortnight of course and we'll talk to many people over the next few days who are some of whom are going to Glasgow and seeing what's happening taking part in sessions being involved with the program but also really excited for what comes afterwards the legacy of COP26 lots of universities already thinking about what we will do afterwards, how we can keep everything moving quickly and forwards, of course. So it's great to have you here, especially because we're connecting quite a few people together across the university and you are one of our environmental managers. Tell us a bit about what you do.
1: Um, Yeah, so my role at the university is uh, of an environmental coordinator. So I work, as you said, as part of the environmental sustainability team. And our role very broadly is to help manage the university's environmental impact. So we support other teams across the university. We share best practice. And uh, yeah, that's what we're there for. And my role is all about uh, communication, engagement, especially with students, but with staff as well, and biodiversity uh, on campus. So it's quite exciting.
0: Well I think we'll talk a lot about communication over this next couple of weeks because of course the weekend has been such a, an avalanche of news about COP26 already with the opening of it yesterday evening of course and with today's first sessions taking place as well and what's really exciting for me is that we've seen we've we've got so many people across the university together through the COP26 program and I've met people and learned more about their work and what they do and how it all connects because it feels like there isn't a subject in a university that doesn't have some relationship to climate change, climate awareness, and thinking about the situation we're in. It feels feels like it covers everything, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, It's fascinating to see how intertwined it all is and how connected everything is in the world and how connected it is to sustainability. So even if someone thinks that this doesn't concern them, it's not true. This is about all of us.
0: Very much so. And I think that it's it's entirely appropriate that our, one of our guests this morning is Mike Brown, who is the director of our strategic partnerships, who's done a lot to bring us together over this last few months. So let's welcome in Mike. Hello, Mike. Good morning. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Marta. Hello. It's good to see you here, Mike. It feels like we've had lots of conversations over this year about about this fortnight in particular. But I guess bringing together the university, which is a challenge because people often work in their own area. And this is such an important area to bring people together, isn't it?
2: It is. I mean, this is a culmination, um, you know, it's not the end goal. This is hopefully the, the start of the activity around the globe. But, yes, I've been working uh, over the past 12 months to try and bring together a lot of the really good stuff that we're doing at the University of Salford, um, perhaps a bit isolated in isolated pockets, um, because our guys just get on and do with it and you know, keep their head down. But we need to just pull that together because uh, we are... We are making a real contribution to this, and hopefully two weeks of COP26 will be a, a clarion call or a starting pistol, whatever you want to use, where we can actually start implementing and making changes. And I think the university's role is going to be very important in that.
0: Absolutely. And I think we've had, we've got so many enormous projects that are underway that respond to climate concern. And Amanda, we've talked about Energy House quite a bit on the channel, I think, over the last few months. And we've got Energy House 2.0 that's being built as well. We've got some great new partnerships emerging, haven't we, Mike? Yes. So
2: perhaps our most visible activity is Energy House Labs. I mean, and it's important to point out for for both colleagues and for people outside the university, the University of Salford has been doing this for many, many years, Um, not just Energy House, but our other environmental, sustainability and climate change related activities. But Energy House started over 10 years ago. um, And we've built up a very strong reputation and credibility in industry for helping improve the energy efficiency of buildings. Um, And, you know, the the latest incarnation or development of that is a fantastic and globally unique Energy House 2 facility that is nearing completion as we speak uh, on our campus.
0: And uh, yeah, just flashing up one of the contact points for Energy House 2.0, because we have a really great campaign at the moment, just trying to connect people around the region, get people investing into its future. And we will certainly hear from Professor Will Swan and Dr. Richard Fitton over the next couple of weeks, who are very involved with COP26, very involved with Greater Manchester's sort of green uh, programme as well. And I think that's really exciting to hear from them about all the things that are going on. And I've, I've been hearing some really wonderful things about the, the emerging programs. We've got an artist in residence uh, that's taking place around Energy House 2.0. I think Mike, you told me there's a student that's going to be occupying one of the energy houses that's going to be built on the campus over the next year, which is great to have that student involvement. And Marty, you do a lot of, of work to bring students together. Tell us a little bit about some of the programs that you're working on where students can get involved.
1: Um, Yeah, so uh, we have some campaigns that students can get involved in, Uh, for example, if you're interested in wildlife, we have the Hedgehog Friendly Campus campaign, which you can be a part of. And very um, excitingly, we also uh, are trying to eliminate single-use plastics from the University of Salford. And we have a campaign called Plastic Free University of Salford. I will talk a little bit about the relaunch event, which we have coming up later this week, um, later on, Uh, but it's, uh, it's a very great campaign to be a part of and get some experience for your cv as well and we've got a lot of events um basically around the year so it's good to keep an eye on our social media we've got our green uh, go green so forth month in march around march you can get involved in many different types of activities, from writing content for us uh, through even hosting your own events, which we have done um, uh, recently. Um, and uh, yeah, we are basically open also to stu- for students to come to us with anything that they would like to do. So we- if there is a project that we're not doing and you would like to see at the university, please come talk to us and, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get it going.
0: Fantastic. And Mike, we've had uh, what's great about these lives and the program we've got. It's very much connected to the COP26 cop universities network, which has been a great enabler for us over the last few months, hasn't it?
2: Yes. Yeah, so I signed us up to the uh, the COP26 universities network probably, um, well, it's now over 12 months ago, because it was the it was a catalyst to bring together the, uh, the university network in the UK um, so that we have a, a single point of focus intercop um but also it's generated lots and lots of opportunities for uh, our academic colleagues to take part in global conferences panels workshops research projects um so it has been a really good network to get engaged with and i'm pleased that the university of salford has been a very proactive and engaged um, partner in in the in the network
0: And I think it's uh, one can't overstate just how significant this is in terms of mobilising universities around a single agenda. We've seen lots of work coming out of the network, including policy briefings. We've had conversations about rewriting educational curricula around climate education, which I think is extraordinary, but incredibly powerful sort of sentiment to just express how, how crucial it is for all aspects of the knowledge economies to actually respond to what's going on, to teach perhaps through climate awareness, which is, I think, quite profound. I mean, I've not seen I've not seen anything like it in my lifetime, certainly as an academic. And uh, and I guess that's probably because it's there's not been a subject quite as as crucial, perhaps. Yeah,
2: I mean, um, one of the, my favourite quotes is from the former Bank of England governor, Mark Carney, Who's now the um un ambassador for climate change and finance for the for the um for for un and uh he was talking just in the in the depths of the covid uh, crisis and he said you know you can't self-isolate from climate change Mm -hmm. so you know and it's not it's not an individual pursuit you know universities industry and society have to collaborate and work as a team if we're going to solve this So having these networks and working collaboratively with other universities uh, and industry for which we're very well known for is the only way that we're going to solve this.
0: Absolutely. And uh, just thinking about what's been discussed I've already in the COP26, we saw the Prime Minister say it was one minute to midnight to raise the sense of urgency for action to take place over this next couple of weeks and to come to agreements as to where we go next. And, Marta, we've got a fantastic programme over the next two weeks where we're going to discuss such a variety of perspectives on this and i think we're, one of the things we're connecting with is the esrc festival of social science where we've got i think six events taking place that are focused around climate change climate awareness and a real range of expertise from people that are working on energy solutions to from, from, like, such as automated vehicles we've got people working on climate communication and uh, and and even for sort of thinking about sort of conspiracy theories in the media. So so we've got a rich program, haven't we, master? Would you like to sort of walk us through a little bit? What have we got coming up today first of all? What's happening later today?
1: Uh, Yes, so uh, today, first of all, at COP, there is the World Leaders Summit, of course, so uh, the world leaders will be putting uh, forward uh, high-level ambitions as a follow-up from the Paris Agreement in 2015. Um, Apart from that, uh, we also have throughout the COP26 a social media takeover on LinkedIn hosted by the university, Uh, so you can tune in for that to um, see conversations and content from about our research and expertise in climate change mitigation and adaptation. Um, and today is all about importance importance uh, of COP in general and the importance of it for our university. Um, and in terms of other events, at 12 o'clock, we have a lunchtime session on Understanding Climate Change with Dr. Rosie Anthony. Uh, she's a lecturer at the University of Salford in Climate Change and Sustainability. And uh, she will talk to us um, through all of the technical terms around climate change and climate science. Science, helping us uh, to understand what's happening and understand our role in it and um, how we can have uh, an impact and make a difference
0: fantastic and it's i think what's really great is that we're inviting people also in to talk about their reactions to cop26 as it happens because every day will be of course huge amount of news i uh the big sort of platform that i watch every day is the bbc which of course many people do and also research a lot of the bbc communications and the entire app is taken over by COP26 news today, and it's uh, it feels like Mike certainly there's a lot of uh, there's a lot to digest. It's such an enormous subject. How optimistic are you that we will be be at a point in a couple of weeks where some things have been achieved? I mean, I, I'm trying to be positive um, because I, I think
2: world leaders know that their their countries need them to do that, and there's a great expectation from humanity in general that we've got to come together to fix this. I think any world leaders that try and, um, you know, weave out, of you know, squeeze out of commitments, things like that, history will judge them very harshly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think um, I'm pleased the way that the UK has taken leadership on this. Uh, You know, Prince Charles has been an advocate for, for this for, well, most of my life that I can remember. He's been pushing this. So there's some very powerful voices that hopefully our world leaders will listen to and i think the role of scientists now is is even more crucial because we, they've been providing the facts you know it's not opinion it's not flavored your politics it's this is the this is the fact this is happening and i think no one can deny that now because unfortunately we're seeing it you know almost every day in 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 the news from, you know, the UK, from flash floods, um, you know, real dry periods, uh, and and to, unfortunately, other areas where they're in drought. So I I do think our world leaders have the opportunity to rise to the challenge and meet the expectations of humanity. I don't think all of them will, but I'm very proud to say that I think the UK is showing leadership in this area. Um, And again, I think the university uh, and, and academic involvement is key to that, because we have some of the best universities on the planet, so yeah, we can do this.
0: And as someone that directs our strategic partnerships at the university, what what are the priorities for you in terms of progressing? I guess as swiftly as we can, but I guess bringing people together as well. How do you how do you prioritise your sort of work program? So, so I'm I'm quite pleased at the moment because some of our strategic
2: partners, well, all of our strategic partners and some of our general partners have net zero or sustainability um or green recovery core to their business moving forward you'd have to be living under a rock somewhere not to realize that that's where the future of industry is moving so i'm seeing a lot of positive things from industry and as i tell industry what we're doing they're very pleased to hear that we're doing it we're not jumping on bandwagons like i said we've been doing this for for many many years uh, and we've got some great academics that know how to work with industry in that and uh, perhaps one of the biggest partnerships that's current now is a relationship with Barrett developments who as you briefly mentioned, they've just built uh, what they call the Z house zero house on campus and it's it's got all the latest tech for energy efficiency, environmental you name it. And um, you know we've partnered with Barrett. they came to talk to us because of our world expertise in energy efficiency with Energy house labs and as you mentioned, Um, one of our postgraduate students will be living in it and monitored and we'll be pulling lots of data off it. Um, So, you know, there's lots of really good stuff that industry is saying to us. It's just that, you know, we have to rise to meet that demand and align it. And I think it's also one of the most important things for our students, both current and future students, where sustainability and net zero is higher up their their selection list for academic programmes, study and their university experience.
0: Absolutely. Um, And Marta, I guess uh, one of the things that always interests me is the pathways people take into focusing on sustainability. Tell us what yours was in getting into the role that you have.
1: Uh, mine was I think a little bit unusual because I came here from studying business before Mm -hmm. and I didn't have sustainability on my radar for um a few years of my first academic my first like academic years and when I was studying business I realized that there was very little talk on the actual impacts of it and how we can make business more sustainable there was only one module on it and as I finished my undergraduate degree I realized that this is actually something that interests me much more than uh, than the world of business itself and I started to pursue that so I was able to um study a master's degree at the university of Salford a very very good degree um from which i have great memories and i learned a lot of what i know now on environmental uh, management and assessment and i really recommend that to anyone thinking about studying at so something related to the environment um and uh, then i was really fortunate to be able to uh, start at this position at the beginning of this year so yeah
0: It's fantastic. And uh, what's really wonderful, I think, I mean, we've gone through, of course, a really remarkable year and a half with COVID-19. And leading up to COP26, I think there was still a lot of uncertainty about what would actually happen physically. And of course, we've seen in, in the news there are thousands of people that are up in Glasgow seeing what's going on. As I mentioned earlier, we'll have some of our colleagues and students that are there as well involved in various capacities. And, uh, and I think it's it's also wonderful that there's live streaming of the event as well, so you can actually take part and, and follow what's going on. And and certainly, I suppose that aspect of, of being involved virtually is critical in this day and age. And it, it feels like with the announcements of Facebook, with its metaverse, that the growth of digital is going to be such an important part of the s- sustainability movement, not least not not just in terms of our own engagement with each other through digital platforms but also in terms of smart solutions which is a big thing at the university isn't it mike it is yeah we're, we're obviously trying to, well
2: throughout covid i think the whole university of salford did an amazing job in in remote working um and, and one thing i was pleased is that i wasn't just busy i was actually productive and um you know it was it proves that the technology means you didn't have to jump in your car and drive 40 minutes um, into work and get stuck in traffic. And uh, I think the technology has risen to a level now where people realize that they don't need to be commuting every day. Um, it does work. You can be productive, uh, you know, online. And uh, unfortunately, it means that you actually work longer hours because um, the minute you wake up, you turn, you're plugged in. And I was going to check my email before I got to bed. You know that's the the downside of it, but uh, I, I think that the use of technology has has, has really helped uh, industry and, and academia maintain, and, and I think we will be more productive moving forward. And hopefully, there will be some positive sustainability benefits to that.
0: Definitely, and I think what's what's also become clear over this year, and certainly in the UK, is the importance of of a really diverse program of research to understand what's going on not just in our own home countries but also around the world as well there's been lots of discussions about climate justice and and i think one of the legacies of the cop26 universities network will be a global network of universities that will be working more closely around the cop programs generally and i think one of the one of the things i'm always surprised about is just how how diverse people's stories are from where they live and how different they are. And one of the things we've been involved with is the Act Now film campaign, which is a programme of work that has brought youth voices from around the world to share their perspective on what they hope for COP26, but also to describe the situation in their own country, because it is such a it's such a diverse picture, which I think is also why it's so important that universities have international partnerships to make sure there is that engagement with the very different lived realities of of people in 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 diverse areas of the world it's it's a it's a really tough one to figure out how we make sure that people are able to work together and be brought along on the same program when everyone's at very different starting points what do you think mike
2: yeah it is and the, the international uh, exposure that we've gained through uh, the cop26 network has i think it's been a surprise to some of the people in different parts of the world so for example um through the network, I got uh, Professor Will Swan and, and Dr. Richard Fitton at a, a climate change uh, event in Chicago again virtually, so no air, no air travel. Um, and they were talking about what they've been doing for the past ten years with Energy House and Energy House One and the Smart Meters Lab. And there was genuine surprise um, because people were unaware of it. And you know, and yourself, you you did some stuff with uh, in the British Council in was it in Warsaw in Poland things like that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so, you know, it really has opened the international market for us. And, um, you know, like I said, you know, we've all got to work together on this. You know, it's points of the UK reduces to net zero and everyone else doesn't. So having these international links, you know, it makes it more of a team sport and a collaborative approach. And and hopefully we can work with people, both academics and industry, to, to reach net zero
0: certainly am well certainly collaboration is key to everything i think and this morning's live is a great start to that so we're going to be here every morning at 9 a.m to talk about reactions to cop talk about our program for the day don't forget you can still join the session today at 12 o'clock with dr rosie anthony which will be a fantastic start to our program so we have got i think we've got events on youtube we've got events on instagram we've got eventbrite events so yeah you can find the everything from that link that's on the screen right now but for now Thanks, Mike, for joining us. And Marta, I will see you again tomorrow.
1: Yep, thank you.
0: Take care. Bye-bye, both of you. Bye. Well, that was Mike Brown, who directs our strategic partnerships at the University of Salford, and has been very much involved with leading our COP26 program of collaboration across this last 12 months. And the other voice you heard was Marta Szalecka, who's part of our sustainability team, and Marta's been co-hosting morning lives during COP26 fortnight. So you'll be hearing a lot more from her over the next couple of weeks. We'll see you again soon on Repod, where we talk about research at the University of Salford across all of our schools, and the back catalogue of episodes is filling up nicely. So. Please don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you again soon.